It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and guys, It's Friday. You know what time it is. It's time for Asking Aggies. This is the part of the show or the part of the week where we go back, we look at some of the questions that you want answered about Texas A&M, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, baseball. We also have a baseball preview coming up as the Aggies will take on Army this weekend. Plus, basketball will return to Reed Arena. So College Station is going to be a jam-packed presence this upcoming weekend with all sports being around. The Aggies basketball team will face Mississippi State. We're going to preview both those games before we get into the questions. But before we do any of that, just some housekeeping rules. One, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. Number one, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies at Locked on Aggies is the number one way to check out all of our great content surrounding everything with Texas A&M sports. You can check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com or follow us at Locked on Aggies. Second, Aggies SI. All Aggies and Sports Illustrated have partnered together to give you quality content with the Locked On Podcast Network for an audio element towards everything with sports. You can check out all of that great stuff at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And last but not least, if you like me, if you think I'm doing a good job, tell me what you like, tell me what you hate, let me know what I'm doing right at, let me know what I'm not doing good at. All you gotta do is follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name is Cole Thompson, I am a mister, that's my name, don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and last but not least, Locked on Aggies. Texas A&M will return to Bluebell Park and Olsen Field to take on the Army Black Knights, our nation's armed forces school. The Military Academy, better known from West Point, will head to West Campus to take on a former military program in Texas A&M, the Aggies come in with a 5-0 record, dominating against both Stephen F. Austin and Prairie View A&M. I mean, when you look at the scores, 13-4 and then 30-2, a run rule game out at BBP. This is going to be a game where I think you look at this as where the team is going. I mean, take a look at the roster right now. This is a team that's averaged 75 runs in the span of five games. Their numbers are insane when you look at what they're doing in early success for the team. I mean, there's really no other way to put it because they rank near the top of every offensive category. They're in the top 10. They're first in pit by pitch, 15 this season. They are second in runs with 75. They are third in runs per game. They're averaging 15 runs per game. They're fourth in walks, 37 this season. Fourth in doubles, 16. Fourth in hits, 65. Fourth in on-base percentage. And then when you look at the pitching, just as dominant. Um, you look at all the... But you look at still in outside the top 10, still in pretty good numbers. You look at the hits allowed per nine innings, seven. The whip... Walks, hits, per innings pitched, 7. That's 79. You look at batting average, they're 8th at 367. You look at homers, they're 7th in the nation with 7. 
Slugging percentage, they're ninth with the 50.588. And doubles per game, they're averaging three doubles per game. They're 10th in the nation. This is an Aggies baseball team that is going to be a threat when it comes to conference play. And the best thing of all is they're hitting with runners in scoring position. And that's been an area where in years past, it's kind of cost the team. They've either relied on the long ball or the pitching staff to really do the job. If they can continue this pathway right now, this is going to be a team to reckon with when it comes to conference play. And there's nine teams in the SEC ranked right now. So it's really anyone's toss-up of where they could finish. Uh, when you look at the opening series, Asa Lacey will take the mound on Friday night. He got the win last Friday in the series opener. Six innings pitched. I believe he allowed two earned runs, eight strikeouts. Tomorrow, Christian Roa will take the mound once again. He had a stellar performance as the lone right-hander right now in the starting lineup for A&M's rotation. Uh, pitched six innings as well. Gave up two earned runs. A career-high 12 strikeouts, though. That is where the numbers, one of those things where if he didn't give up a big-time double or allowed a walk to score in a run, it was because of he sent everyone up and down. And then to close it out, Chandler Joswiak will take the mound for Sunday's series finale. He had a big-time win. Six strikeouts in six innings pitched. I think he allowed two earned runs. One of the lesser performances, but still pretty good. Uh, Army's coming in with a 1-2 and two record after picking up the win to begin the series against Duke last week before dropping it 1-2. Uh, to they will rely on their pitcher, Jake Smith, to take the mound tonight, number 44. He got the only win on the season. As we move to the hard court, Texas A&M basketball will be coming back to Reed Arena with a win and feeling some of the confidence against beating Alabama, one of the hottest shooting teams in the nation. While both Kira Lewis and Jaden Shackelford scored 18 and 24 points respectively, it was Quentin Jackson who was the name to watch for 20 points, including making four free throws in the final 18 seconds to solidify the win for AM, a 74-68 victory. They will take on Ben Howland's Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are coming off of a mixed result. Uh, they're 2-1 in their last two games. One of the losses was downright abysmal, but they are still a competitive team. I think when you look at the confidence of AM. One of the reasons why they're finding success right now is because of the way that they've adjusted to Buzz Williams' system. I don't want to give away too much because one of the questions in AA is going to be about who is the player to watch for. But you look at this team, everyone's shooting better. They shot better against Alabama, who's one of the better defenses right now in the SEC. They played more competitive ball on the court. And their short game... Free throws, making points around the rim, offensive rebounds. It's playing into their favor. Add all that together, you're looking at a team that's competitive, number one. And number two, has a sound system and a direction where they're going. They're going to have two big games next week against ranked opponents in Kentucky and Auburn. But they're still a very competitive team. There's five games left on the season. They probably won't win all five games. I'm just going to be honest. But they maybe can upset LSU. They maybe can upset Arkansas. And I think that they can get this win over Mississippi State. If they do all of that, 
this is going to be a team that probably does not make the the tournament unless they are considered, I would say, the winner or the runner-up in the SEC tournament in Nashville next month. But there's still going to be a team that if they can win, let's say, five of their last seven games and their two losses come to ranked opponents, they'll probably be six or seven seed when it comes to Nashville. We're going to talk a little bit more about Texas A&M basketball and Texas A&M baseball, but also we're going to talk about Texas A&M football and some of the recruits we have and a former player, what he's going to make this offseason and asking Aggies. We'll bring that up in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, quick question for you. Are you listening to the Locked on Podcast Network? If you said yes, congratulations. You're doing something right. You should be very proud of yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. If you said no, let me ask you a question. What are you doing with your life? We have over two dozen college football shows ready for your listening ears. You can check all of them out at LockedOnPodcast.com. It's another one of my favorite segments here on LOA, and it is AA, Asking Aggies. Yep, we are Asking Aggies. We're not going on a 12-step program, but we could have 12 questions if you ever sent them in. Make sure you always check them out at Aggies SI, at Mr. Cole Thompson, and at Locked on Aggies. Whatever one you want to listen to, let me know, and I will definitely give you a shout-out and help you out. All right, first question comes from AgsAnn17. Who do you think is the player to watch for down the stretch for AM basketball? I think there's two. Quentin Jackson would be, right now, I think the main one because of the game he had, but also because of you look at his progression over the past several games. That's the thing that, like, when I look at this, people aren't getting enough attention. Jackson's doing everything that you're asking of him. I mean, you look at his last five games. He's in the double-digit mark in four of the five. 20 points against Alabama, 11 points against Georgia, 16 points against South Carolina, 16 points against Missouri. You look at his rebounds, about three to four every single game. His three-point percentage shooting has mixed results, but it's better than most. 25% against Alabama, 50% against uh, Georgia, 25% against South Carolina, 34% against Missouri. His free throw percentage is what's making him the most successful player on the court right now. Small ball matters. And if you don't believe me, here's the numbers. 92% against Alabama, 100% against Georgia, 80% against South Carolina, and 77% against Missouri. In those past games, when Jackson shoots over 75% at the free throw line, AM gets the win. I don't know if that's coincidence or if it's because of maybe it's just the way that they're, you know, addressing it. But when Jackson's on point, he has a good he's the reason why the team is successful. The other player I would say right now that you have to look at as potentially someone to watch is Emmanuel Miller. This is a freshman from Canada. One thing that you've noticed a lot of is he has been stepping up in the 
minutes per game. He's averaging right now, I believe it's 26 minutes per game in the last five games. And his shooting's improved. In three of the five games, he's shot for double-digit points, 19, 21, and 10 against uh, Georgia, Florida, and Missouri. And his rebounds is where he's going to be a threat. Much like Josh Nebo, Miller's being the guy around the rim getting success. Seven against Alabama, 10 against Georgia, 13 against Missouri. When he's finding success around the rim, this is a guy who I think can be a threat. Because if offensively or defensively, he's going to be able to put up points or keep points away from the other for the other team. The opponent's going to have to out-block or out-box Miller. So you have your shooter right now who's finding success with Jackson. And you have your rebounder finding success with Miller. The final guy I want to look at that I think needs to start improving is Andre Gordon. This is someone who was one of the hottest players to begin the year. He was a guy who A&M was finding a lot of success with. And now he's kind of just diminishing a little bit. You look at his last couple games. He hasn't made a shot in the last two games. He's only played minimal minutes against both Alabama and Georgia. 19 and 13 after a pretty hot start. You look at what he's done in the field goal range. 60% against Florida. It was only 8 points. 20% against both Missouri and South Carolina. I think that this is the guy who, if you look at what's going to separate us, this is the guy who I think needs to step up. If he can step up, I think that AM will be in a much better place heading into the final stretch. This next question comes from Catherine Ann. She asks, when will the Aggies lose their first baseball game? Good question. Um, that's a tough one. And the only reason I say it's a tough one is because of with Logan Satori and Roby Baker now sitting out, does that hurt the offensive lineup? Satori's been great. He was hitting four three eighty seven, I think, and he had uh, five doubles, nine RBIs, and two home runs before the injury. That one hurts. Baker just had started. Uh, he was 3-4-4 four, four in his first game. I mean, if that doesn't hurt, they'll sweep Army this weekend. And they're not going to lose to Incarnate Word or Houston Baptist on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. And then over the week, the next weekend, they have the three-game series against Illinois, UCLA, Oklahoma State. I'm thinking that maybe UCLA would be the first loss, so they would go be 11-1. If not, then you look at all those games after that. They'll have AM Corpus Christi, Abilene Christian, and the three game series against New Mexico State. Obviously, I'm losing there. Then you have Houston at Rice. That's their final non conference game. Rice has kind of diminished in the last couple of games. Then they face Houston. That's After that, they'll go to Lamar. 
They have the Texas game at College Station on March 31st. They play Dallas Baptist right in the middle of the week. Texas State right in the middle of the week. Sam Houston in the middle of the week. Don't see them losing there. UT Arlington in the middle of the week. And they close out the year against Missouri on May 16th. I mean, you look at this. If they play smart ball, I could see them being 19-0 against Auburn. And if they're 19-0 against Auburn, I mean, they're going to be one of the most dominant teams. But then you got to look at what you have. They're probably going to lose one to Auburn. Houston, they probably get the win. Ole Miss, another top ten, uh, top 15 opponent. Florida, the number two team in the nation. They'll probably drop one. Georgia, at College Station, that's pretty good. And it's a weekend series, so you know it's probably going to be your three starters. That's another one where that's the top five team in the nation. They'll probably drop one. Arkansas, another top ten team. Alabama, that's probably one they sweep. That's one I'm not really worried about. Mississippi State, that's another top 20 team. LSU, another top 20 team. Tennessee, they got love from the voters. They're a better team that's just probably right outside the top 25. I don't know what the whole record will be, but 19-0 is plausible. If they can continue the way that they're batting right now, when they go play Auburn later next month, I believe they play Auburn, what is it, March 12th, March 14th? March 13th, when they go to Auburn and they go to the Plains, I could see them being undefeated. I'm not saying they will, but I could see them being undefeated. It's not always about what we talk about with the Aggies right now in College Station, but some of the Aggies who will leave and go towards the NFL. And we're going to be breaking down two Aggies with two of the best questions I've seen all this time in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson for all your dates and all your up-to-need information surrounding everything Texas A&M. We try to come on five days a week. We're pretty good. We're about four days right now. Hopefully, we'll be set at five later on. But you can check out all of our great work at, at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked On Aggies. All right, two more questions for Asking Aggies. I like both these questions a lot. This one comes from Texas A&M Fan 97. What do you believe is the legitimate asking price for Ryan Tannehill? I think no matter what, Tannehill goes back to Tennessee. That's my belief. And according to the guys that I know out there in Nashville, they've both told me, that Tannehill is a priority for the team. But the question is, he's 31 years old. He's had two really good seasons. And the rest are pretty average or forgettable since leaving College Station. What do you offer that guy? To make it justifiable to keep him around, number one. And number two, where do you go if he's not the guy? I wrote earlier this week that I think the deal is going to be two years, $55 million, $57 million. That's what I would offer. You look, though, at 
what's in the upcoming NFL draft. Are you going to go with a guy like Jake Fromm out of Georgia? Are you going to go with a guy like maybe Jacob Eason out of Washington in round two? Do you not even address the quarterback need? Maybe go get Jalen Hurts, Alabama product, round three. I think that they have to draft a quarterback because if there's not a legitimate second option right now, but you look at this roster and you look at what you could find from the NFL, you know, for the NFL and what's in the free agent market. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money because if they have to either franchise tag Derrick Henry, re-sign Jack Conklin, and sign Tannehill, and you can't do all three of them if Tannehill's out. And you definitely can't address it if you're going to bring in a quarterback. You're going to lose either Henry or Conklin. And I think that they want to keep one of them. So I look at this, and if it's a long-term deal, I go $75 million. That is the most I'm offering. Three years, four years, whatever you want to say. $75 million is what I'm offering, Tannehill. That's my final price. I think that's a realistic price because if he's successful, you get him at a pretty good deal. You know he's going to lead your team. And that a 9-7 and seven season is plausible to make the postseason. And just trust Henry to do the rest of the work. If he's terrible, you're able to cut him, kind of save some money in free agency. I mean, in... in cap space by cutting him after a season and hopefully you have the guy who's going to be your future under center so you don't have to waste another first round pick on a quarterback but also if you don't you're in position to draft one of the better guys and probably Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields out of Ohio State in next year's draft three years 75 million is what I would say would be the max offer I would give to Tannehill He's not as good as Kirk Cousins, so that $84 million kind of slips out. But I do think that he is worth keeping around for at least another season and making sure that he is a part of the long-term process. Final question comes from Celine. Celine asks, If Miles Garrett is proven guilty of lying on the incident with Mason Rudolph, what does his reputation mean towards College Station? This is a question I really love. Because... It's one where I say to College Station, nothing. It means absolutely nothing. He will still go down as one of the best pass rushers and greatest players to ever step foot on Kyle Field. Because none of this happened at Kyle Field. None of this happened at, during his time with the university. Everyone at AM still talks about Miles Garrett as one of the most well-respected, well-regarded players, upstanding gentlemen, solid guys in the locker room standing up making sure that you are you know the face of the program representing AM in every single way you want to be represented his NFL reputation that's where I think it will be tarnished because if he has proven that he is lying and all this started after the fact for those of you who don't remember Miles Garrett was uh Dismissed by the NFL, he was suspended for the remainder of the season after a physical altercation with Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph. He issued an apology, the team issued an apology, and then it was like four or five days later, Garrett came out and said, well, he called me a stupid N-word, using a racial slur against Rudolph. 
After being reinstated, he went on an interview with Outside the Lines, Mina Kimes, and said the same thing. He doubled down. Rudolph then responded, saying it was 100% false. And according to multiple reports, this could lead to legal actions as Rudolph could sue uh, Garrett for defamation and actual malice and slander to his name. His reputation in the NFL will definitely be skewed because of when you bring a race into anything, Mason Rudolph's career is already in jeopardy just because of it was brought up. If proven innocent, there's always still that repertoire because of his political background of, you know, conservative. He is a Trump supporter. Trump does sell for hatred on either side. Hatred towards Trump, hatred against Trump. It does sell. We're not getting into politics on this show at all. But it sells and it works. Rudolph's career, whether he becomes a Pro Bowl quarterback or a run-of-the-mill, another backup quarterback, gunslinger for six years in the NFL, it's ruined, 100%. But Garrett, if he can be told he's a blatant liar, this now brings up, do I think that he's going to represent our team well, or is he only out for himself? And those are things I don't believe because I've met Miles Garrett before and he's a nice guy and he's a a sophisticated person and he really cares for his teammates and he really cares about what he's doing. But the reality is, this is a very bad look for him. And if he was to be sued by Mason Rudolph and Rudolph wins out, this is a red flag when addressing free agency. And Miles Garrett, the last two seasons, has performed as a top pass rusher. Which means, in two years, when his contract is up, he would get top pass rushing money. You put red flags around him, that's a big sign of, I want to bring this guy on, but if his physical anger and lies get in the way, he's misrepresenting us. And this could be a media fiasco. So his reputation in College Station, never going to be ruined. He was a dominant player who made his mark at Kyle Field. The professional level, I can't answer that. That's one that could definitely be tarnished forever. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Monday's show, we will be recapping how does A&M do over the weekend? Can they get four wins, a series sweep over Army, and also a win at Reed Arena over Mississippi State? Come back Monday, we'll be breaking all that down. We'll see you then. And remember, big them y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.